Restoration Chapel family and friends and Traveling Story family and friends. We're excited that you're joining us this evening. Um, we are excited to have John Crosby with us. He is the director of uh, the camps at, for the Church of God of Prophecy in South Carolina. Um, right now, there's two campground sites. There's uh, Living Springs up in Marietta and then Camp Agape down in Baseburg. And we will talk more about that here in a little bit. But thank you so much, uh, John, for joining us today. I mean, thanks for having me. No problem. And we always start with the same question. Um, I know you're a Clemson fan. I'm a Clemson fan. And I heard this the other day. Um, Dabo Sweeney says we all have a thumbprint. And with that thumbprint, we make an imprint on different people's lives. I thought it was amazing. I said that could preach. Um, yep. but, for sure. Uh, uh, and so with our thumbprint, there's, there comes along with our life that comes with it. Do you remember your life before you uh, encountered Jesus? Um, you know, I, I would like to say I had this crazy um, whirlwind story. Um, a few weeks ago, you had my brother on, and he kind of kind of alluded to the same things. Yeah. Uh, and, and But I, I don't. You know, I, I grew up in a pastor's home. Um, and so, you know, my life before Christ was still centered around Christ. We were at church every Sunday and, and uh, around the church. And uh, But, you know, when God really started working with me, I was probably around 16 years old. And it's, it's really ironic um, where God has me now. Um, because it all started kind of coming together at 16 at camp. Yeah. Um, you know, I was, I'd been working in camp and going to camp and, um, you know, got, I, I did a video with, uh, Jeff White a few weeks ago, introducing, uh, what I would be doing, uh, for the church. And, uh, you know, one of the things I told him is I would have loved to have been able to have done that video in Batesburg. And I could have sat in the, um, same seat where God kind of started turning my heart towards ministry and service. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and, and I say service. I, you know, as a pastor's kid, you're always serving. Yeah. Uh, but it's a it's a, a forced service. <laughs> That's right. Well, um, your, your kids will learn that eventually. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, you're you're always serving, even a pastor's home. But um, it, it kind of turned, and my heart began to to move towards um, uh, the need and the want to serve. Um, and so that that's taken a lot of different paths to this point. Um, but, uh, yeah, around 16, God began to really just kind of press down on me, um, to begin to move into a, um, a, a life of service and a ministry. Um, and that, like I say, that, that ministry and that role has kind of evolved over the years. Yeah. And, and I know you mentioned, um, you got saved at camp and, and that, that whole turnaround was at camp. Um, can you describe when you first started going to camp, the atmosphere and different things when you first started going into Camp Agape? So, so again, I, I, I've been going to camp since I was five. Yeah. Um, and so my mom, camp used to look a lot differently. Um, yeah. You know, I, I'm going to tell my age, I'm 41. So, you know, almost 40 years ago, camp looked differently. When my mom and dad went 60 years ago, it looked differently. Um, and when, when I say it looked differently, we had, God, we had tons of camps. Yeah. Um, and the particular camp I started at was called Big Stuff Camp. And it was a one-day camp. It was kind of a preschool camp. Parents and, and kids went together. They stayed for one day. You could stay overnight, but it was basically a one-day camp. You went and kind of got the camp experience to kind of get your feet wet as you were leading into um, Short Stuff Camp. Mm -hmm. And so... Uh, I got started really early. My mom was the nurse. My mom still is 
as camp nurse um, a, a lot still for a lot of the camp directors. Uh, she served with my wife and I this uh, two summers ago. Um, and then uh, she serves with some of the other directors as well. And so, uh, you know, we, we started early. My family was, um, my mom and dad met um, at camp um, yeah. as teenagers. Um, and or I guess actually they were not teenagers at the time, but they met at camp. Um, and so we've always been involved in camps and, and being a part of it. And so, but uh, five years old, uh, went to, to big stuff, um, short stuff, um, and kind of moved and, uh, and stepped through. My first time working in camp, I was around 14, 15 years old. Um, with some folks, um, Larry and Linda McCall, Mitch, um, Mitch Looper at, at Carolina Heights called me up and said, Hey, my CIT backed out. I need a help. I need help. Um, got to camp, helped out and I was hooked ever since then. So yeah. Now that experience with, with helping in camp, um, I know there's many jobs that, that takes to run a camp. Um, and, and, uh, and all those jobs are very, very important to the campground atmosphere, to the campground ministry, to everything. Um, those type of jobs, uh, I know you've probably been in multiple positions at camp. You've probably done about everything in camp. Um, can you kind of tell me, uh, you know, in those jobs, what kind of things did you learn through serving in those different places at, at camp? You know, I, I guess the biggest thing I've learned, and not just in camp, but in life is, um, you know, I keep getting it. a lot of times you're asking a, a really great question. And a lot of times I get the question of how did service get you to begin being in your, your spot as a leader. Yeah. Um, and I would say, flip that back, flip that script and go to where you're saying, which is serving. Yeah. Um, and I think from a standpoint of serving, serving um, with a heart for people, um, with a heart for people coming to find their, their place in, in Christ and in this world. Um, and so it, it's just about, you know, serving others, um, you know, and so doing it with a Christ, Christ love and Christ heart. Um, and so that's kind of where I've always stood. Mm -hmm. um, and it, I feel like it's kind of brought me to um, the place that you can't be a good leader without being a good servant. That's right. Yeah, and, and, you know, I, I think about um, over the years, um, just from the people that I've talked to, um, when I was younger, I lived in the lower part of state. So uh, it was a good little drive to get to Batesburg. So I didn't go to camp as much. Um, but I know my mother and my uncle and my grandparents, they were all a big part of Camp Agape and, and served and went and different things like that. I think my uncle, as a matter of fact, was one time uh, – were they sent out to Colorado? Was it camper of the year or whatever? Uh, so they had um, international youth camp. That's and, it, yeah. So, so senior camp honor camper would go to international youth camp, which was hosted by the international offices, and they would do it everywhere. So you, he probably went with Chucky because Chucky went to Colorado. Yeah, yeah. I think he said he went to Colorado. So different, you know, different things like that. Um, but I've also heard that there's many uh, pastors – that got their calling through camping ministries. And I know you probably have heard the same thing. Um, with that being said, I know uh, over the years, uh, people have that heart for camp. What do you think keeps bringing them back to the campground, especially those that got that calling to serve and into ministry? 
So, you know, I think for a lot of folks, um, it's just they see the importance of it. It is, um, you know, one of the things that um, I hope that that we can kind of redo and, and bring people back to is this is an extension of the local church. Um, and, and I say that it's an extension of the local church. And when my dad was a pastor, um, you know, we had kids ministries and youth ministries, but there were a lot of times we couldn't get parents and grandparents to bring their kids to youth events at church or kids events at church, but Hey, we're going to raise money and we're going to send your kids to a week of Funville camp. Um, where they're gonna they're gonna have fun doing fishing and games and activities and um, all the things that we used to do, but um, they're they're gonna get a connection with Christ, and so you know churches used to use it as an extension of being able to kind of reach out and use it as an outreach ministry to those folks who may not normally connect with their local church, and so uh, you know I'd love to see it get back to that. But, you know, that's, that's one of the things that I, I see for campus as an asset to the churches. It is an extension of you. Definitely. Definitely. So um, right now, as I said, we're at, at Camp Agape, and that has been a campground. Do you know how long that's been in um, play? Um, I think it's since the late 50s. The late 50s. Um, yeah. Um, late 50s, early 60s. So it's been around a while. Yeah, it's been around a while. And um, I know uh, over the years there have been upgrades and different things. And um, – and right now, at, at, at before COVID hit, because last year we had to cancel our campgrounds for the first time, and I don't know, probably ever, um, cancel yeah. camps. Um, there was four camps, if I'm correct. Am I correct on that? On four. Yep. Camps? So we had short stuff, um, sophomore, junior, and senior. Um, so, or I'm sorry, freshman. We don't do sophomore anymore. Freshman camp. So our, our current directors are uh, short stuff camp is Justin and Tessa. Um, Adams, they're from the upstate of South Carolina. Um, they attend East Clemson Church. Um, great group of great, great young lady and young man. Had the opportunity to hang out with Justin a few weeks ago um, for a portion of the day. Um, myself and my wife are over freshman camp still currently. Um, you know, I, even though I'm, I'm overseeing all of our camps and all of our facilities, my wife still has a car. Uh, uh, heart for camp and wants to be involved and and that's a way for her to stay involved she's taking the lead on that um junior camp is um justin and abby vaughn they've been a part of camp for a number of years they live in the lower part of the state around beaufort yeah um and then uh senior camp is uh dylan and brianna matthews if that name sounds familiar um you know dylan and brianna have been in in camping ministry off and on for years with dylan's mom and dad robert and dolores um, and then Brianna's mom and dad have been involved in camp off and on for years with Rick and Pam Merck. So, yes, yes. And, um, and with those camps, can you kind of describe the age group and what goes on during those time at those different camps? Sure. So, um, short stuff camp is kind of what we call baby camp. Um, you know, that's that preschool to around first grade, um, first, second grade, uh, age group. Um, so you'll have five, six, seven, eight year olds in that group. Um, those kids are there for about a half a week, um, depending on how those weeks fall. Usually it's a Sunday to like a Wednesday. Um, they get, um, church during the day. We don't do church at night with them because by the time they get to the evening time, 
Um, you know, any of us who have younger kids realize that about eight o'clock they're ready to kind of start yeah. crashing and they're either going to be in tears or they're going to be bouncing off the walls. And that just doesn't work well for church services. Yeah. Um, so they usually do their, their church activities kind of in the middle of the afternoon when it's the hottest. Because also, if you've ever been to Batesburg, you realize that <laughs> midday is extremely hot. Um, and so we get them in the cool and do those kinds of things. Um, for uh, freshman camp, uh, we try to kind of normalize it to the normal um, kind of camp routine. So that's your nine to around a 10, 11 year old. Um, and so we start kind of bringing in more classes, structured classes for those kids where they're, um, you know, getting um, kind of a deeper um, conversation about their walk with Christ and, and that kind of thing. Uh, we go to a more traditional um, church setting in the evenings with them, but we still kind of keep it shorter, everything a little bit shorter just because of their attention spans. Um, and then once you get to junior or senior camp, you're getting to that kind of middle school, high school age group. So those, those pretty much normalize completely. They're, they're still doing games and activities and group building activities with those kids. Um, but it, it normalizes to a more of a, a youth group, youth kind of fill setting to it. Definitely. And, um, and, and with that being said, I know we usually do those in the first of June for those that are listening, but what I love about it is it's not just Church of God of Prophecy. We open this up to any kids that wants to be involved, correct? That's correct. And that's something that we hope to build on. In fact, we're, uh, we're working with, um, you know, teams outside of the church to figure out how churches who are independent churches um, who don't have affiliations like we do with the, the Church of God of Prophecy, uh, can be a part of, of our camps. Um, you know, we can help them build on that ministry and be an extension of their local church as well uh, and helping them grow and build um, stronger youth and children's ministries internally. That's right. And, um, and I wanted to mention that because I think it's awesome and great that we're, you know, this is not just a denominational thing. This is a kingdom building, um, pouring into that next generation as they come up um, and, and and I love that because um, we, we, we're to the point now where we understand that it's bigger than just us. This is this, you know, this kingdom building. And, and so um, also uh, when we have those in June, you said there's a lot of great teaching. I know there's, uh, especially for the senior and uh, junior camp, there's usually special speakers that come in and, and mm -hmm. speak. Um, people I know in the past, like Chucky Chandler, um, I, uh, Chris Galloway has spoke. Um, I think uh, Bishop Jeff White's been down there and spoke a couple times, yeah. um, different ones, but it's, it's um, to a point, and I know one of the greatest times, I know uh, Pastor uh, uh, Chucky Chandler told me, he said one of the greatest times is like feet washing and, and, and then baptism and things like that and, and you know, the Lord's Supper. So those things are also taught too, correct? Yeah, so it's funny you bring that up. You know, we took, uh, the lot, two years ago, it was, the theme was journey. And so for my wife and I, we, we actually every night took a journey with our kids. And so we, we, we started off with Jason Ryerson. I don't know if you know Jason or not. He's um, a former youth leader here in South, youth pastor here in South Carolina. He's moved to North Carolina where he's been a youth pastor and pastor. And um, now he's, he's um, working with a school up there. But Jason and his wife came down and opened up the night with us. And he talked, did a very evangelistic message. And so our thought was when we worked with ours was we were going to take a step by step. You know, we wanted evangelistic. All right. You've, you found Jesus. What do you do next? And so the next night we had a mission minded 
um, speaker who was talking about, hey, you know, missions is not just about, you know, going overseas and doing all those things, but you can do those as a kid or a teen or whatever. You can get involved in those. But missions is also a local mindset. Um, and then Pat Bishop, Bishop Jeff White came in and he talked about getting connected to the local church. Um, and then on our final night, Chucky came. And, you know, one of the things that we really wanted our group to understand is a lot of times they're in kids' church. And so they don't quite understand baptism the way they should or communion the way they should. And so he preached on um, taking communion. And then we took communion um, with those kids. And then he talked about baptism because on the last night we'd do baptism. Yeah. And so he, he talked in depth about baptism and what it really means to be baptized and the significance of it. And so, uh, you know, it's funny that several of the people that you talked about were there um, speaking at our, at our camp. Um, you know, uh, we did um, something different at freshman camp that year. We did girls and guys. That's something they didn't normally do too often. And so uh, we, we used the time to talk about being godly women and godly men. And, and um, Bishop Martin and Stephen Puckett both taught our boys class and Marie Ashley and Dolores Matthews taught our girls class and they did phenomenal jobs. Um, so we, we had a cross section of people from across the state of South Carolina and North Carolina that came in and poured into our kids um, through that week. And every director, um, sets of directors do that at their camps. They, they get a cross section of people pouring into these kids. Um, you know, someone from your church helped us with worship. And, yeah. uh, so it was, it was just a great week. Yeah, and, and I love it because my biggest thing in bringing that out is when these kids go to camp, it's not just a babysitting. Um, they're actually getting poured into by ministers of the gospel. Um, you know, you said uh, Bishop Martin. There was a bunch of bishops that you just called out right there. Um, that's a part, and, and, and not saying it's too high of their level because you've seen a mighty move of God in those, in, in those moments. And, um, and I, I love that we're doing that. We're not trying to dumb it down for them, but we are equipping them for when they go back to the church, when they go back to their local church, that they can begin to jump in and serve and be a part of the local church, be a part of the outreach teams, because now they have gone through those steps, as you said, that journey um, through evangelistic, through missions, through, you know, the local church. Um, and, and they're getting in that mindset to come back on fire for God. And I know that's your heart uh, as um, as camp keeps going and as you've been put into this position, that is your heart to see kids not only um, – because, as you know, we sometimes we get in this time where they go to a retreat or they go to a camp, they get on fire for God, and then they come back to the local church and it's like, whoosh. You know what I'm saying? Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> but no, I want to – One of the things that I really hope we, we can um, – you know, when, I, when we were younger – um, especially when I was younger and in camp, it, it became an emotional thing. They, yeah. you know, we wanted to charge every kid emotionally and, you know, kind of wind them up like a wind-up car. But eventually that wind-up car just kind of fizzles out and goes to a stop. And what we want to do is create connections, lifelong connections with, with people who can help um, guide and direct them through, through leadership and then connections with Christ that are long-term. Um, you know, I want to see kids um, filled with the spirit. I want to see kids manifesting those. But more than anything, I want to see kids with true relationships that, you know, they're not in camp in June and then come to retreat in all, uh, you know, November and they're starting all the way back over again. Right. Um, I want to see them with true relationships and building on those relationships.
That's right. And, and I wanted to make that known for the pastors that listen to this and watch this. Um, when they come back from camp, let's encourage them to keep that walk, keep that step. Um, and, and if you're not helping in camp, find out what happened in camp so you can continue to help them grow in that too. Correct. Um, yep. uh, and so uh, with Camp Agape, I know we're there, um, but uh, was it 10, 12 years ago? Um, mm-hmm. We got a property in Marietta. Um, Camp uh, Living Springs was the chosen name for that. Um, yes. Nice property up there. Um, how many acres is up there? Do you... uh, we've got right at, I believe it's 200 acres. 200 acres and nice, uh, I think it's a pond there. Um, yep. Well, they... it's, it's a swamp right now, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we have uh, been working on it. Um, we have been, God has blessed us, over the, especially recently. Um, God has blessed us to help us start the building process again to try to finalize a lot of these things. Um, as of right now, if I'm not mistaken, all the uh, the campers' cabins are built, correct? Yes. How many camper cabins are there? Uh, we have seven camper cabins, um, two staff cabins. Two staff cabins. Um, yep. And if I'm, I'm – the, the numbers – the staff cab – or the camper cabins, you have um, what we would call – Inside of those camper cabins are two separate cabins. So you have a commons area and two separate cabins, um, which would allow for, um, you know, having, I think there are are nine available camper beds on each side. So 18 kids um, per um, cabin. I got you. And so, uh, and then, like you said, you have the staff cabins, the two staff cabins that have been built. Yeah. And um, we were talking earlier that hopefully in January, um, the final part of that, not the final part, but the part that we can get us onto the campground, um, the cafeteria slash sanctuary will be built. Um, And for you that have not seen the plans, I've seen the plans. They're awesome. The cafeteria slash uh, sanctuary will be over the water, if I'm not mistaken. Does that still happen? Yeah, over the water. Um, Beautiful place, beautiful, uh, beautiful plans to it. and uh would you give us some more updates on on what's going on up there yeah so uh you know both staff cabins are completed um the hope is that with the final final uh walk through our final phase of of phase one would be the um, cafeteria and chapel Um, our hope is we've gone through the bid process the committee now is looking over all of the bids um, to narrow down um, the company that would be awarded the contract to, to complete those. They've been looking over that, doing their due diligence. Um, and so the hope is that by, by January that those folks would be selected. Um, they could start the process. Our permits are already in place. Um, all of that, the plans have already been approved. And so it's just a matter of selecting the group to, to begin the construction. Um, so once those buildings are done, depending um, depending on weather, things like that, 12 to 18 months um, build time, because uh, we're talking two large buildings. We're talking about a cafeteria that'll hold roughly 300 mm-hmm. and a chapel that'll hold roughly 500. Yeah. Um, and so uh, they're, they're on one floor system, but two separate buildings with uh, uh, kind of catwalks between them over the water. So you get the uh, perspective of being over the water. Um, you know, there's, there's all this exposed wood. It's, it fits in the, the surroundings of the, of the property. The property is, is basically on the foot of, of the mountains there in uh, Marietta as you're, you're 
basically getting ready to head into North Carolina. So beautiful, beautiful area. Um, the facilities are, are top notch already, and this is just going to add to it. Definitely. And um, I know the, the plan is as soon as that gets built, then um, do some training and be ready for the camps as soon as we possibly mm -hmm. can. Um, I know for this year, if we're allowed to still have camps this year, which we're praying and really pushing for, um, but we're looking at COVID numbers and different things, they will sure. still be in Batesburg this year um, for, for as we know, correct? Yes, 2021 will still be in Batesburg. Um, and, and as long as we don't have any state or federal mandates, we're, we're going to have camp. We'll have to figure out how to do it um, safely if it means reduced numbers, more weeks of camps, whatever we have to do. Um, but, um, you know, this year having off, talking to our directors, um, unless they're state or federal mandates, um, we're going to figure out a way to do camp. Um, you know, it's too important um, to, to miss out and can continually miss out in doing this for our kids. Yes, definitely. Um, now, I know when um, – and you were just brought in to be the director of the camp, what, August? October. Well, October. I, I, September. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's, it's really kind of, you know, um, uh, things kind of just work to uh, – you know, the Lord works the way he works. Um, so, uh, you know, I, the plan was to come on in October to, um, to begin to work with um, uh, – Bishop McLaughlin and, and Bishop White and uh, the state to begin to try to figure out how to market um, our property when it's finished. And so that takes time. You gotta, you gotta come up with plans and, and my history in nonprofit management um, kind of allows me the luxury of, of knowing how to do some of those things. And so um, initially the plan was to come in in October and start doing those things. And then, uh, Mandy, who um, I grew up with, and uh, you know, we, we still talk, and uh, she's God's doing great things with her up in um, Knoxville. Um, uh, felt the call and the urge to move to Knoxville to, to be on staff up there with um, Sister Sharon, and uh, work with her, and to go back to grad school and be um, Dr. Mandy. Um, <laughs> Mandy, if you're seeing this, hey, um, you know, and so. Uh, uh, Bishop came to me and, and so it just felt like a natural fit with walking hand in hand with marketing our facilities and, and trying to figure out a way to market help work with marketing camps and things like that, even outside of the church. And so uh, it became a perfect marriage of, of an opportunity. And so I'm blessed that, that Bishop trusts me enough and uh, entrusts me with some of the um, biggest assets that the church has, which is our, our youth and our children. And, and I will say this, and it, and it amazes me, um, when I started uh, hearing, um, when we, I know when we were at a pastor's meeting, um, we're one of the few states that actually own our own campground. Um, most right now we own two. Oh, really? Yeah, right now we own two, that's right. But, uh, which I don't know if any state owns two right now, but we own two, and, um, and we are blessed with those. Like I said, we're blessed with those and those opportunities and things. And um, I will say this, I want to thank you. You reached out to me in October as soon as you got the position, reached out. I know it wasn't just me, but you reached out to pastors and, and called them and kind of told them your vision and hope for the, the camp and ministry. And, um, and I and thank you for doing that. That was, you know, and kind of telling us where we're going and different things like that. Can you kind of give us uh, a abbreviated of where, we're, where you want to see camp, let's say in five years? Yeah, so, um, you know, we, we have a great opportunity with our property in Marietta. And so, 
um, you know, outside of, and I'll, I'll dive into the church side of things, but outside of that, the hope is um, we can market that and use the dollars from rentals and usage to pour back into camping ministry and ministry as a whole in the state of South Carolina. Um, and so, you know, I'm looking at it as a twofold opportunity there. So, you know, onefold being um, finding ways to create resources so that we can pour it back into the ministry. Um, camp is not a, you know, uh, unlike a lot, a lot of pastors and a lot of lay, lay people in the church believe camp is not one of those profitable ministries. Yeah. Uh, you're a pastor, you've, and I've been a, a pastor uh, or an, an associate and a youth pastor and executive pastor. Um, most ministries are not profitable. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it, they're, they're, they're break even um, at best. Yeah. And so our goal is to give all the resources we can to our camp. And so over the next few years, what I would love to see is us um, give our camp directors more resources to be able to do more things with our kids. Outside of that, though, I really would love to see us expand our camps, get back to a day where we have more than just four camps. Um, you know, in, in camps heyday, it was not uncommon for them to have six or 700 kids over a summer come through Batesburg. Um, and so, you know, they had big shot camp, they had short stuff camp, sophomore, freshman, junior, senior, collegiate. There was seven or eight camps when camp was in its heyday. And so um, I wanna see us get back to that, to where we're having multiple camps um, having people connected to our camps from local churches. You know, uh, the last couple of years, one of the things we always kind of struggled with was getting enough support from local churches in, in the, the mode of volunteers. And so, uh, you know, I want to see our churches reconnected um, and being a part of camp. Um, from a spiritual standpoint, what I want to see is kind of what we talked about earlier is finding kid, finding opportunities for kids to connect with Christ. Um, you know, I want to, I want to be that place where they find that connection and they go home and the local church helps them build on that connection. Um, you know, it's going to be really hard for us as a camp who has a set of kids for three days to, to teach them everything they need to know about their walk with, with Christ. So my goal is to, is over, over our next few years is to begin to grow camp but grow it in a way where we're helping those kids build the connections, get those connections, and then the local church build on top of that. And part of that is we're going to have to help the local church build uh, where they are um, and staying connected with camp um, so that they know where, you know, where camp stops and where the local church begins, that it can be a seamless transition. Gotcha. Yeah. And, and like I said, I love that, that, you know, when you called me and talked to me in October, I love that vision of how we want to see camp go and, and not be a um, just like you said an emotional um, event, but be an encounter that continues to help kids grow. And, and you know, even if we start, as you said, you know, if we get back to that one day camp and they come to one day camp, and then and then when they get old enough, the three days, and then all the way to senior and college camp, I can imagine what could happen if that because I I know people that started in camp as short stuff camp 
and didn't stop until they kicked them out. And a lot of times, a lot of times they couldn't even kick them out because they were still working camps, right? That was me. <laughs> and so we get that ball rolling again where kids know and, and young people know that this is a place that they can come to, in, I don't say enhance, but to continue to grow in God, continue to get closer to God. And not only that, I love the unity part. Um, I talked to uh, uh, Pastor Chris Galloway. He was a past guest for uh, um, our youth. We did just a whole segment on youth ministries. And he said one of his main visions for youth ministries is to be united again. Because, you know, uh, years ago, you knew people from the upstate and people from the lower state. And at camp time, that was your time to get back together and, and you know, or retreat or state convention time. Yeah. And now I see times we'll go to camp and not have a clue who that person is or that or state convention or youth retreat. But if we can get back to those moments and, and you know, um, growing in Christ is growing in unity too, not only with him, sure. but with one another and get back to that unity. What Do you agree with that? Oh, wholeheartedly. And, and Chris and I have already had uh, multiple conversations and, um, is a conversation that he and I will continue to have of how even in, in, in from camp to youth ministry, um, there has to, there's going to have to be some cohesion um, working together. Um, you know, there, there's so much overlap there. And so, uh, you know, we want to make sure that there's, how can we work together to, to bring unity? How can we work together to, to, you know, one of the things that we've seen or I've seen over the years is I would love to see um, us get to a point to where, um, you know, when I was growing up, one of my favorite directors um, and there is, it's really funny because um, one, one half of that team came to work for us and two summers ago was um, Anthony and Sylvia Staten. Yeah. And uh, you know, that, that was the funnest camps I remember growing up. No offense to, um, any of the other directors that I had, the Martins or anybody else. But, you know, one of the things I remember most is Anthony Staten would come in and go swimming with us. He was the director, but he would take the time to come in there with the boys. And I say he would come swimming. He would get in the pool and hang out. And uh, I don't remember if he ever really swam or not. But, you know, he would come in and hang out, play with us in the pool and, and pool area. And um, But, you know, he would come in and do all that with us. And that made an impact. I mean, I knew – um, I knew the Statens as a kid because, you know, our parents were, were friends and um, Mama Staten was always kind of there. Um, and so, uh, you know, we, we just kind of always hung out. But, you know, I remember growing up, there was a unity even then among the African-American church and the, and the white churches, if, if you want to say that. Um, it's the church. <laughs> That's right. Uh, uh, I, I, would, I would love to see the unity almost – as the way Lancaster has, has began to, to, you know, integration years later, um, they've integrated and have a beautiful congregation there. I would love to see us get back to that at camp, um, working together, um, getting our camps in unity among all of our churches, not just one sect of the church. Um, and again, going back to what you and I talked about earlier, um, inviting those churches that don't have a, a, a covering to be a part um, so that those kids get those experiences and those churches have those opportunities as well. Um, you know, a lot of churches don't have the resources to rent a facility to host their own camp. 
And so giving them an opportunity to send their kids to our camps um, is going to be phenomenal. Um, uh, what uh, if the pastors came to you and said, okay, what does the local church and as a pastor, we need to do for camp Agape Camp Living Springs? What would you tell them? Um, there's a lot of things I could tell them whether or not they would want to listen be a whole different story. <laughs> um, you know, for Camp Agape is, um, I, you know, I hear, I hear Pat, you know, t- two years ago, we were, we were over one camp. And so I would call pastors up and say, hey, are you sending kids to camp? Can I come speak at your church? Can I promote camp? I don't have any kids. Um, and and my, my, my argument would be today, after I've gone through a year and I've had a chance to kind of get reconnected with pastors and talk to them is, no, you don't have kids, but your church members have grandkids. And, you know, their grandkids, your grandkids have friends. Yeah. <laughs> um, and while they may not go to your local church, this is an opportunity to introduce them to um, church in general for some of them. And, and most importantly, to introduce them to Christ in a, in a way that I don't want to say under the radar, but definitely, Hey, I'm going to send you to a week of camp. And what kid doesn't want to go to a week of camp? You know, I mean, um, what, parent so, went, what, what parent went like a week off, right? <laughs> Exactly. What kid, what parent doesn't say, sure, grandma, I'll be glad to send Johnny to camp for five days. Um, and if I can get rid of all three of the kids, we're, we're, you know, um, and, and one of the things I'll say is, is, you know, Camp Agape is, is one of the most cost friendly camps right now that we have. Now that's not always going to be that way. I'll be straightforward with you. It's not always going to be that way, but right now we're one of the most cost friendly camps you'll ever go to. I have two kids. I have a um, seven-year-old and a 12-year-old. My seven-year-old and 12-year-old usually do dance camp in the summer and they do horseback riding camp. Um, Neither of those are overnight camps and I pay probably twice to three times what we send our kids to Camp Agape for, um, for those same camps and they don't stay overnight and I have to feed them. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, you know, so it is cost friendly. And so I'd, I want churches to understand, look, you don't have to wait till May to start fundraising <laughs> to send kids to camp. Uh, take it on as a year long process. Uh, assign one offer in a month or once a quarter and, and put it away for, for opportunity to send kids to camp. Um, don't talk about camp just in May. Talk about it several times a year. Um, it, you know, kind of out of sight, out of mind. And we don't think about it until we get the, you know, some pastors don't think about it until they get the packet in the mail. And then that packet goes into, well, into the file that, that may not get remembered. Um, and then they get the call from, you know, before me, they got the call from Mandy or they got the call from Bishop or they get the call from a director and say, Hey, did you, did you hand out the information? Oh yeah. Be, be upfront, you know, get that out there, get that information there. Cause our camp, our camp program is important. Um, so tr- pastors, um, stay connected, pay attention when you get your stuff in the mail, um, your emails. I know, I know all of us get our emails blown up all the time, but, uh, get that stuff, look at it, make sure you're there. Um, uh, for those that can't volunteer, I know a lot of them have health issues and they can't get there and stay for a week because they have to be close to their doctors or whatever. Um, encourage people at your church to volunteer. You know how we can keep camp so inexpensive? Because we run on 100% volunteers. Yeah. 
Um, you know, and so that makes camp cost friendly. As long as we can continue to keep camp cost friendly, then we keep, you know, um, that's because of the volunteers, um, just like the local church. Um, and so, you know, we run 100% off of volunteers. Encourage your church folks to volunteer. Now, there's a screening process and there's training. In fact, we'll have a training in April if everything, um, can, if, if, as long as the COVID numbers are, are good. Um, we're going to do an in-person training. Um, it'll be different than any training we've done before. We'll have breakout sessions. Um, we're going to have a special guest speaker. I don't know if I really want to throw that out there right yet. Um, but, um, you know, we're going to have pastors involved. We're going to have former camp directors involved. And so, uh, but, but churches need to get connected. Pastors need to stay connected. They need to encourage their, 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 their kids and their families to participate. Don't wait till May to fundraise. Go ahead and start doing it year round. Um, and then encourage them to, to come and get connected and, uh, you know, through volunteering. And then if you can't, um, I know a lot of our pastors are new, even if they're older, they're new to the, the, the denomination. And so they may not know a lot about camp. Um, you know, we have camp directors kind of throughout the state, former camp directors throughout the state who would love to come and share what camp is all about. Yeah in their congregation or even you know what we're doing now we can we can do a wednesday night live feed that would would you know minister to their congregation and talk to them about camp and and those kinds of things and so um you know all of those things there and then you know here's the other part most importantly financial contributions and i can't i can't not say that um you know we're we're at a point to where you know we're going to be um, roughly $15 million in, I believe it is, on our facility in Marietta. God has blessed us with outside resources, and the majority of the resources that have come in have been from outside of the church, yeah. um, and it has funded the majority of, of the project. You know, the, the Huffmans, when they started the project, contributed significantly financially and the property, um, you know, and then we've had some other donors who have come along the way who have been outside of the church, who have given and bought into the vision of what we're doing there. And so I think at some point, our, our local churches need to buy into, um, you know, we're, we're going to finish phase one, but that's phase one of like five. <laughs> yeah. And so there is a big vision for Marietta. And so um, church is starting to buy in and to financially support that at some level um, is going to be hugely important into the future. Um, and so I think thinking about those things, and I know right now in a global pandemic and trying to navigate all those things, they're not, that's, that's one more thing we don't want to add to us. Um, but we will get through this pandemic at some time. I mean, history shows us that. And so, uh, you know, we want to prepare for that time. And so I think thinking about those th things as they begin to get into their new budget year around uh, most churches around June. Yeah. Uh, getting into those new budget years, start thinking about those things. How do I prepare for camp? How do I prepare to start supporting, you know, living springs? How do, how do we as a church do that? And some churches may say, Hey, I can't do it financially, but we're going to, we're going to commit to 10 volunteers at camp every Sunday, you know, and that helps, you yeah. know, so I think all of those things, I'm, I don't want to ramble. <laughs> no, 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 that's perfect. Cause like I said, there's, um, I think some, sometimes we disconnect as pastors, we disconnect from those things. Because like you said, we're waiting for the envelope to come in or the pamphlet to come in and like we put it in that place or we put it up on the cork board and never mention it again or something like that. 
So, I, like I said, thank you so much for that. Um, we play a little game at the end of every one of our uh, podcast, and it's a word association game, okay? I'll just Ooh. say a word, and you just tell me <laughs> the thought, all right? Uh, it's not bad, I promise, okay? Um, the first word is this, salvation. Um, Christ. Uh, faith. Um, my everything. Um, the gospel. My roadmap. Um, kind of my light in the darkness. Um, worship. My time away. <laughs> in the car, turned up, in the shower, wherever it needs to be. My, my, my kind of, my moments to uh, just kind of reflect. Um, serving. Um, all three of the other words you just said tied up into one. That's good. Yeah, that's really good. Um, prayer. Um, something I, I, I will honestly admit I probably need to do more. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, I, I had a, yeah, I don't want to go too, too rambly, but yeah, something I probably should do a lot more of. Yeah. Um, music and worship. Music and worship. I wish I was more talented so that yeah, I could participate too. in music and worship. I agree. I agree. Somebody asked me the other day, if there was one thing you could change about yourself, I said, I wish I could sing because I'd love to be that pastor that could just bust out in song during the middle of a sermon. That would just be great. I think that's awesome. But uh, uh, technology in worship. Oh, I'm a big advocate. Um, probably not what you're asking for, but yeah, I'm a no. bit, I think uh, great. Um, I think we should use every tool at our resource to connect people to Christ. Um, the next generation. Worried. I am definitely worried about them. Um, you know, I, as, as my, my parents were worried about my generation, I am worried about the next generation. Um, but you know, I, I know God is great and God is, um, he is going to take care of them. And, uh, you know, I, I've got a kid coming through the next generation. And, and so I, I just pray that pray for revival for the next generation. Definitely. Um, uh, the word of God. Um, it is the center point of, of, you know, along with prayer, the center point of, of every decision that I make. I um, mean, the last one, and don't overthink this one. Every time I ask this one, everybody's like, oh, my goodness, 2020. Oh, well, is there a dumpster and a fire we can put somewhere? <laughs> uh, no, and in, in, in reality, it, it is, it, and, and I know it's been a, a, an awful year for so many, but um, in, in short, um, I can't say anything more than blessed for 2020. I mean, um, long story short, you know, this time last year, my wife was facing a, a, a breast cancer, um, diagnosis and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm changing, changing directions and, and, and career path in 2020, but God has been faithful and, and has blessed us through all of that. And, um, you know, as crazy and as turned upside down as uh, as a lot of things are, we uh, I can only think blessed in 2020. 
Yes, and you know, I've talked to a lot of people about that, and, and most people say that it looks like it's a terrible year, but it's a year that we can use to grow on. It's a year that we can use to look back and not regret it, but look at it as a blessing that either first you made it through it <laughs> or, or, yeah. or the blessings that happened during it. I mean, we've seen healings, and we've seen things happen, and they're not all been good, but I think it's calling us back to God, calling us back to focus on Him. Um, the last thing I always ask our guests um, is if um, a kid gets saved at a camp that you're working at and they come up to you and or you're talking to somebody on the street and they get saved and they come up to you and they ask you, OK, what's next? What would you what was the first thing that you would tell them would be next in their life? Well, you know, I would say years ago it would be to um, get connected to a local church. But, you know, I. Over the years, and this is going to sound crazy, especially after we've talked about the local church and getting kids connected, it would be find um, a mentor, yeah. a um, accountability partner, because even in a local church, even large or small, we can sometimes get lost in it. And so I think finding that one person who can, because uh, it's not always going to be the person who leads you to Christ. That's right. Um, and find that one person who's going to, who's going to hold you accountable, who's going to help you um, make that walk. Cause you as a pastor, you, you, you have, you know, 80 to a hundred people in your congregation. You can't hold each of their hands as much as you want to. Yeah. You can't. Yeah. Um, you know, my dad pastored small and large churches, but it would be get connected with someone um, that can help you, make that walk. And it's probably not going to be a spouse. It's probably not going to be a, um, you know, girlfriend or boyfriend. It's, it's going to be someone who can, who can mentor you, who can lead you, who can um, hold you accountable. Um, so that would be what I would say. Definitely somebody that you can do life with and uh, yep. see the good times and the bad times in their life too. Um, I, 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 somebody told me once before that, Find somebody that will take you to their house and you see when their kids are running around, right? Because, <laughs> you know, not everything is we can try to act a certain way at church, but when you actually start doing life with people, you see that not everybody is, you know, it, there's times we make mistakes. There's, yeah, you, you, that person you can bring to the house and laundry still be on the couch. That's right. That's right, right? And they can still tell you not to do that. And you don't get, I mean, it might hurt a little bit, but you understand it comes from love and it comes right. from the change. Well, uh, John, I thank you so much for joining us today. Um, we're excited about camping ministries. Um, we're excited about where we're going, um, Camp Agape and uh, Camp Living Springs. Um, if somebody wanted to get in touch or, or see what's going on with either campground, I know we're in the process of making some of this new stuff, websites and Facebook pages yep. and stuff like that. But right now, if somebody's listening to this and said, hey, I want to um, kind of see what's going on. Uh, I know Batesburg, uh, the Camp Agape is located. Do you know the exact address that, where Camp Agape is at? Um, it is in uh, – no, it's – oh, if you hadn't asked me, I could have told you. But it's, <laughs> That's all right because I can put it, it down yeah, we're we're you're gonna have to put that down low. It's um, but it's um, it's been the same address as Fair Something Drive, <laughs> or yeah, Road, Batesburg Leesville, right? Yeah, Batesburg Leesville. It's out it's Highway um, One Seventy Eight in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
That's right. And um, uh, again, we're hoping that camps will be in June um, for those uh, correct. We'll be starting those. Um, we're going to be, be late June, early July. We're going to have to be a little creative with our dates this year just because there is, um, you know, a number of this year, if everything rolls out well, we'll have convention this year, state convention this year. Um, so we'll have to be a little creative with our dates. So there may be some before convention, some after convention. And so, uh, yeah, we're going to be late, late June because also schools, um, you're working in a, in a public school. So, um, a lot of schools started later, so they're not going to end till later in early June. And so, uh, that's kind of, we're having to kind of watch all of those things. Uh, And we want to be able to do it in a time where, as many of our kids can come. So, you know, um, we're, we're kind of trying to take all of that into account. Batesburg's address is um, 6946 Fairview Road, Batesburg, South Carolina. Okay. Yeah, definitely. And, um, and if they wanted to get in touch with you, they can go to you on social media, correct? Social media. Um, you can hit me up on social media. You can, uh, we'll have my cell number at the bottom of the screen and email address. Um, feel free to reach out. Uh, we've got some great videos promoting the new facility as well as what we've done in camp in previous years. We're working on some new marketing materials that we hope to have out um, sometime in February. And so uh, we're excited about all that. Yes. And um, again, also in Camp uh, Living Springs, I know you were talking, they're holding some events up there, not uh, many, um, but if, yep. if coaches want to reach out, um, I know there's no cafeteria right now, there's no sanctuary. Um, but for small groups um, and, and, you know, that kind of thing, they can also reach out to you for that too. Yeah. So uh, we're going to be able to host small youth retreats for churches. Um, if you're associated with a, a nonprofit organization and want to do like a board retreat or a staff retreat for a church, uh, we've got facilities enough to host something like that. Um, we've got some community partners that we can cater through and provide meals. Um, so we can host small events. Uh, we just can't do full out. 200 people plus um, where with, with what our capacity is right now. Yes. And also I will um, link in our uh, pack podcast description and below the uh, South Carolina Church of God of Prophecy website. You can find a lot of updates there also, correct? Sure. Yeah. And so what I'll also throw out there is you mentioned Batesburg and while we, you know, uh, we're still, we're still filling out what God wants us to do with that property and how we're going to do it. So if somebody needed a larger space, we do have that facility down there that, um, you know, we'd be more than interested in partnering with somebody uh, to use that facility as well um, until God uh, gives us clear direction. Definitely. And that um, facility has a cafeteria, it has a gym, um, it has cabin uh, spaces, cabins. it has, you know, it has a classroom spaces also. Um, yep. I mean, and then there's some activity things that are around the building also that you can use and um, yep. a lot of good land to, you know, do some different things. If you want to set up games or stuff like that too, um, it has all that, that area in, in that room to do that. Um, but yes, thank you so much, uh, John, for joining us. And um, again, we'll link all the information below and in the podcast um, information. Also want to say thank you so much for watching this. You can watch uh, traveling stories every Wednesday night at uh, 6 uh, p.m. We have different guests on. We ask you if you want to help us out, you can share the podcast. You can share our Facebook page, which is Traveling Stories um, Podcast, or you can share our podcast, which is either on Spotify, it's on Google, it's on Apple, it's on Anchor. 
It's on about anywhere you can find podcasts. It is there. Um, and we'll link up some of those at the bottom of the screen also. We want to thank you so much for joining us. Uh, John, any last words for our guests, uh, for our viewers? No, guys. Thanks for, for hanging in with us and listening. Um, you know, if you uh, want to reach out, reach out. And I'll, I'll throw this out. I like the snazzy hat, even though it is in red. <laughs> thank you. Yes, definitely. Um, uh, yes, uh, that's part of our Restoration Chapel line, I like to call it. So, <laughs> But no, thank you. Hook so a brother up. Too. I like hats. Yeah, the Clemson was great, too. I like that. Um, anytime we can get Clemson on the show, we're good, man. It's, it's great. Uh, but thank you so much again. And again, thank you so much for watching. I always say it as we end, now that you've heard our stories and you've heard um, what God has called us, now go make it your story so that people far from Christ can see how great our God is. And we want to thank you so much for watching. We love every one of you, and we hope to see you next time on Traveling Sports.